I think for a long time, I was someone where I felt like I should commit to any personal engagement that somebody invited me to. Like, oh, they went out of their way to invite me out for drinks or to go to this restaurant or whatever it is. And, you know, sometimes that was at the expense of maybe not getting enough sleep or not being able to eat the food that I wanted or not be able to do a training session that I wanted to commit to. And so sometimes it just ends up leaving you feeling, you know, a little bit more empty when, you know, the intent was good, but it wasn't something that was really serving your priorities. So, um, you know, I've tried to be a lot more aware of, you know, and just selective in general of the people that I give my time to, because time to me is probably the single most valuable thing that I have. Like we all have the same 24 hours in a day and we ultimately, we get to choose how we spend them. So, you know, the people in my life, in my very close circle that, you know, I give my time to, it's because, you know, I feel like they value it and I get value from their friendship possible interaction um but just trying to kind of cut out some of those extraneous things and then you know we all have just other obligations maybe work functions or things like oh you know can you do this can you do that and at some point you've just got to realize what's important and what's not and um yeah just kind of make decisions based on that this is episode 099 with Kelly Stone. In this episode, guys, I, I learned as a valuable tool from Kelly. You know, she talks about how her boundaries and her priorities and maybe you know, the language that she uses. It's funny, you know, a couple of days after this, or a couple of hours after this recording. I got invited to a bar with some coworkers, and you guys know my story. You guys know what I do. You know, I, I just uh, I don't drink, plain and simple. So, and I was having the urge of going down to the bar, not to drink, just go out and socialize. But I I learned the tools that Kelly passed along to you guys and myself to set that limit and set that boundary, and they respected it. So I hope you guys find something out of this episode. Please share with a friend. Check her out on Instagram. Her tag will be in the show notes and at the end of the episode. And go show her some love. Please share this with a loved one, a friend, whoever. Share it on your social media. Just text it to a friend. Whatever. And, guys, still, if you want to check out some amazing apparel for Pride or Black Lives Matter or just in general, go to eastcoasttags.com and with a promo code N-O-Y-B, get 10% off. It'll help support me, help support the podcast, help support the Black Lives Matters movement. So, guys, they're doing some really cool stuff over there. Michelle is amazing. So, check her out on Instagram at East Coast Tags or www.eastcoasttags.com. Use the promo code. Save yourself some money, guys. All right. And now, enjoy the episode. What's up, guys? This is a non-business podcast, a podcast where we talk about anything but your business and ask questions that's no one's business. Now, it is my mission to bring you inspiring, soaring talent from the heart. We all go through struggles. It doesn't matter what our background is, but we can overcome it, and I'm going to show you how. Thank you for joining me today. Now, let the show begin.
All right, so I got Kelly Stone here. Oops, that was a little too loud. Um, I banged on my side and everything rattled. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, so Kelly, welcome to the None of Your Business podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your beautiful day from tanning in the sun to spend some time with us today. So who are you? What do you do? Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Um, so I am a 29 year old. I live in Denver, Colorado, and I, you know, consider myself to be, you know, physical therapist, doctor of physical therapy, nutrition coach, and a competitive CrossFitter. Competitive CrossFitter. Awesome. Right on. So why did you decide to go down physical therapy? Um, so that's actually kind of a funny story. So I was always pretty dead set on going to medical school. That was kind of what I always thought I would do. Um, when I got into college, you know, started a biology pre-med degree and was volunteering in hospitals, shadowing physicians and surgeons. And, you know, I, I kind of joke about it now as like my quarter life crisis, but I got to this point where I just felt so overwhelmed with this feeling like, you know, I just, I wasn't a fan of how detached a lot of physicians were with their patients and how little time they actually got to spend with them. And I don't think it's necessarily their fault. That's just kind of the nature and culture surrounding that profession these days, especially here in the U.S. And there was just something that I, was, I just was really put off by with that. And, you know, that coupled with the fact that I realized that I hate hospitals um, just was kind of like, you know, enough to tell me, you know, or show me like, Hey, maybe this isn't the career path for you. So, you know, I started looking into other options and really ultimately I still wanted to stay in the medical space, but wanted to ideally be on the more holistic side of medicine, you know, be in a position where I could really help people make positive changes in their life and be a little bit more proactive. So, you know, in terms of, you know, health and, you know, recovery, things like that, but also, you know, trying to, you know, limit the amount of medication that you're on and not looking for those quick fixes, you know, trying to avoid surgeries, that type of thing. So started shadowing um, some physical therapists and just, you know, thought that it would be a much better fit for me. And um, ultimately, I think it was <laughs> good decision. Awesome. That's awesome. So did I hear right that you have competed on the Titan Games? I did. I'm going to be on season two, which airs on the 25th. Um, right on. So <laughs> it was a crazy experience. Yeah. You want to tell us about that? Um, a little bit. Um, there, you know, obviously can't share results with you. Yeah. I, yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, I mean it, you know, I, there was a producer that had reached out to me, you know, back in October, um, just kind of who had found me through social media and just kind of encouraged me to apply. So still had to kind of go through the whole process, you know, the whole application, make a video. And, um, you know, I had watched the first season and I thought like, man, this is like the first reality TV show that I've seen that I feel like actually fits my skill set. You know, like I had watched American Ninja Warrior and some of those other ones, but you know, it never looked like my thing. And this, I was like, Hey, like I can actually do this. This kind of fits well within my like kind of CrossFit background, strength background. Um, so I figured, you know, why not give it a shot? And, um, I think, you know, one of my other big motivating factors for applying for the show was that it gave me an opportunity to, 
um, highlight some of the special needs kids that I work with. Um, that was the part of my story that they chose to really focus on. So as a physical therapist, and most people like probably don't know this because I can't really talk about a lot of it, you know, but I do do some, I have my own small business working in more traditional sports orthopedics. But my primary job um, that I work full time for is actually home health pediatrics. So I work with a lot of special needs kids, um, very different than you would typically think of for physical therapy, you know, autism, Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, those types of things. So, you know, I wanted to number one, you know, I thought it'd be a cool opportunity to be able to highlight some of those kids and that, you know, the amazing impact that they've had on my life. And then, you know, also hopefully be a role model for them. You know, if they can look on TV and say, Hey, that's my PT. Like, I just thought that that would be super cool and hopefully encourage them to maybe try some things out of their comfort zone later in their lives. So that is that's super cool. Like, go, good for you. That is, wow. I, I did not know that about you. That's, that's way cool. Um, yeah. I'll a voice for somebody who might not be able to have that voice. So, yeah, and, you know, something I'm super passionate about just in general is just, you know, being very thankful for my ability to move and exercise every day. It's something that I'm really passionate about. And I think working with children who have problems with movement has given me such a unique perspective on that, where like, I feel very grateful that I get to wake up every day and move and exercise. And I don't look at it as a chore. Like I don't, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to exercise. And to me, I'm like, it is the highlight of my day. I'm so thankful that I can exercise the way that I want to and that my body is healthy. So um, anyways, but yeah, I think uh, really the kind of highlight for me of the show is that they did such a good job casting it. Like everyone on there, you know, comes from an incredible background. They're really good people and they have amazing stories. So I'm super excited just to see you know, see those highlights and see everybody, you know, not only the action, the competition's cool, but I think that personal piece and who they really selected was really the, the best part of the show for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Is the Titan games is the one that the rock host, right? Yep. So yeah. did you get to meet him? I did get to meet him. Yep. Right he's, on. A, he's a big man. Yeah. Like he looks <laughs> stuff but he is a big guy <laughs> yeah, for sure that's cool right on like the reason why you did it whatever and then the little the, the nice perk meeting the rock not sure. the icing on the cake I yeah, I, uh, this is actually embarrassing. I don't know why I'm going to tell you this, but I will. But my whole, like, um, I wanted, so when I was making my video to get on the show, I, I just, like, wanted to have, like, a really memorable, like, something really memorable, like a statement or something. And so I came up with this super cheesy line, and I ended up putting it in there, and people laugh at me, like, all the producers know me from this like quote but basically my last name's stone so like i started in my video with basically like you might be the rock but i'm the stone yes <laughs> so cheesy but when the producer called me the first time uh you know about getting on the show like he remembered that line so <laughs> awesome well hey it worked that's super uh, worked. <laughs> I, like it. I like it that's uh that's awesome so you know like I don't know if you know like the audience for my listeners, but like a lot of my listeners, they're usually going through personal struggles or have are trying to overcome a personal struggle. Like me, I'm a recovering heroin addict. I was hospitalized for a drug overdose back in 2018, and now like I feel like my purpose is to use my pain to help others. 
and go through some struggles. Um, like growing up, did you go through any personal struggles and like, how did you overcome that? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, something that I struggled with a lot growing up was, you know, being a more muscular girl. Like I grew up as a competitive gymnast, you know, training four or five hours a day. And, you know, with that came a lot of muscular development that was not typical of a lot of my other peers. And so, you know, I can remember even from like middle school, middle school, high school, like I had, you know, lots of people making fun of me for them, a lot of males, you know, and ultimately now I realize probably insecure boys that, you know, looked at me and realized they didn't have that muscle. So like that was just, you know, their way of dealing with that. But at the time, something that was really hurtful for me and something that I kind of internalized and, you know, brushed off like it didn't impact me, but deep down it really did. And so, you know, as I've kind of progressed and, you know, developed and gone through various parts of my life, like, um, especially with my journey into CrossFit, I think I have just developed, you know, a much stronger sense of self and purpose and, um, you know, just a realization that, I genuinely love doing what I do. Like I, you know, spend two to three hours in the gym every day for myself, not because anybody tells me to, not to look a certain way, not for anybody else other than it makes me feel good and I love to compete. And being strong has been one of the most empowering things for me in my life. So, you know, I have kind of, you know, on my journey through developing and growing my social media presence, especially over the last year, that's something that I've tried to be really, you know, transparent with people about and try to share with people. And, you know, often like, you know, I get a lot of messages still that are like, Oh, you look manly, you, you know, why do you look like that? Like blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I share a lot of those messages, you know, you know, mostly with the intent to, you know, to be somebody that somebody else can look up to, you know, and say, Hey, Oh, she also gets those messages and she, you know, brushes it off and realizes her self-worth, you know, despite all of those things. And so I kind of just hope to be that source of inspiration for other people out there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Didn't you, say something like that in your instagram story like yesterday yeah just like just <laughs> yeah okay as you're saying that i'm like i feel like i've heard this before but like you're being transparent uh you're you know you're not saying yeah. one thing that one day then a complete opposite the next so i think that uh being authentic is something I think is, it's important. yeah yeah, like, yeah. I think that's- not typical of a lot of social media these days and you know for a while like you know i would you know and i still like if i post a message like sharing a message like that that's you know pretty negative or rude you know i think some people might see that as oh she's just looking for attention or for people to feel bad for her and you know what i touched on the other night was that really isn't my attention at all like i at this point in my life i am confident in what i do i really don't need you know anybody else to tell me, you know, to validate my feelings or to validate my worth as a person or my appearance or anything like that. It is, you know, purely to be, you know, just transparent about it and to show other women out there that, Hey, if you're getting these messages, it's okay. There's more of us out there. And ultimately you shouldn't care what anybody else thinks. If you're happy with what you're doing, that's way more important than what anybody else's opinion of what you should or shouldn't look like is like, no, absolutely like that right there took me so long to like understand like when i was younger like my acne was like terrible i was a skinny kid and i was a drug addict so like i on the outside i wasn't happy with who i was um so again i covered up with drugs booze and then when i got sober i was skinny and 
was trying to uh i was like anything like anything to get bigger so then i you know for a while i dabbled in steroids and then i got on another addiction and just like i wasn't okay with who i was physically and i wasn't emotionally i was just a hot mess so like having that pivotal moment in my life was huge like i'm okay with i'm perfect just the way i am and i i love how a woman like yourself is being a voice for those people who might not look like the status quo or whatever you know you don't have to weigh 110 pounds and wear high heels or whatever whatever the hell it is um excuse my language so thank you for keep doing that and i'll acknowledge on what you're doing and like the message that you're trying to share so if somebody was gonna open up your instagram story for the very first time and you wanted them to just hop on this journey with you and help share your message. What would that message say? You know, I, uh, you know, I think, you know, part of that message is just kind of do you like I, you know, I embody strength and fitness because it's what I love, but I don't expect that everyone will share that with me, you know, whatever it is, you know, whatever you choose to do, do it because it's what you want, not what anybody else wants. Um, and then I think, you know, my other big message, which kind of embodies, you know, all of me in terms of CrossFit, nutrition, um, physical therapy is just, you know, trying to put, good legitimate information out there about how to live a healthy and well-rounded lifestyle. You know, there, there's so much crap out there on social media these days where, you know, the skinny teas and, you know, quick fix diet plans and, you know, bogus new or fitness advice, you know, and I, I just want to practice and preach um, and demonstrate the importance of hard work, consistency and habits. Like, you know, my body, I'm happy with where it is at this point. Um, but it's taken me a long time to get here. And it's not because of a quick fix diet plan. It's not because of, you know, any fad thing. It's because I've developed consistent habits um, and healthy habits that I maintain day after day after day. Like it really is a lifestyle for me. And it's not, you know, I, I think like if you can switch your mindset and you know, instead of trying to, you know, constantly just change how you are to look a certain way, you know, focus on things that doing things that you enjoy every day and focus on fueling your body and, you know, treating it well, sleeping well, drinking enough water, feeding it with good natural ingredients. And you'll be surprised at how it responds and how, you know, how different it can change without you just focusing on like, well, how am I going to get skinnier? How am I going to get bigger? Like, just focus on, you know, health and wellness and all of those pieces. And, you know, it just kind of all comes together. Oh, absolutely. I, I love how you talked about habits. Like, do you have like, like a morning routine or like, what are some of your habits to make you successful? Yeah. So, um, I will admit things have been a little skewed with quarantine. Um, you know, but I have a consistent, you know, just kind of generally consistent structure to my day. It's evolved a little bit, like I said, right now, but you know, I get, I've been getting a lot of questions lately of like, well, how do you stay motivated? And how do you, you know, how do you still work out every day, even though we're in quarantine? And you know, my response is like, number one, it's because I love it. Number two, it's because I set goals. And number three, it's because I've developed habits. So like I look at my exercise every day as, 
a habit. It's no different to me than going to work, taking a shower, eating, like it's part of my day. And even if I have days where maybe I'm not super, you know, feeling super motivated or super excited about my workout, um, that I don't give myself any negotiation of whether or not I'm actually going to do it. You know, like that never crosses my mind. Like, am I going to work out or am I not going to work out? Like if it's a Monday and it's a training day for me, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to get started. And 99% of the time I feel better afterwards. So I think just developing those habits is super, super important. Um, nutritionally also, you know, something that I really focus on as a competitive athlete because I need to make sure that I'm eating enough and in the right quantities to support the training that I'm doing. And if I'm not doing that, my workouts um, really suffer. So, you know, I track my macronutrients every day. I track my water intake. You know, I'm very particular about what I put in my body most of the time without kind of depriving it. Um, you know, but those are all habits and they're just things that at this point I don't even really think about anymore because I'm just so used to doing them. Yeah, absolutely. And isn't like the, that, like the point of making healthy habits is where it, you like after 90 days, it's not like you're going to stop doing it. You want to continue to do it after 90 days. So if your end goal is just to do something for 90 days and then stop, then what's the point? Sure. So. And honestly with, you know, nutrition, I see it all the time, you know, where I, you know, I, my first conversation with clients is, you know, I am not your quick fix person. If you are trying to drop, you know, 10 pounds in the next week or two, like I'm not your person. I am here to help you build safe and effective long-term habits. So if anything that I say is not something that you see yourself doing in two years and in five years, stop me now and we'll come up with something else because it's not going to work. Like you have to have things that you can maintain. And my goal is to help those people get to the point, you know, within a few months where they don't need me anymore. They can take what they've learned from me and continue on their own journey. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, we've just developed such a diet culture in our country and, you know, are these like, you know, 60 day programs or whatever it is. And it's just like, I know it can be a jump start for people, but I think, you know, anytime you're going from zero to 100 and anything like drastically changing your daily routine, it's going to be really hard to stick with long term. So I would much rather have someone say, Hey, I'm going to commit to exercising one time per week. And we're going to do that for a month and then say, Hey, you're doing great with that. Let's add another day versus having someone say, I'm going to work out seven days a week for three hours. And then they stick to it for a week or two and then fall off the bandwagon. Like that doesn't help anybody. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I, I get that. So, you know, you're talking about how quarantine has kind of like changed your, your habits um, with your clients and maybe with yourself, like with this quarantine and having a good nutrition, like what are some struggles that you ran have ran into or some struggles that you have seen? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, um, you know, nutritionally and exercise wise, those are things that I can confidently say I have done extremely well with through quarantine because they're so ingrained in me. And they're honestly, uh, two of the very few things in my life that I can control right now. Like I can't control how I do my job. I can't control where I can fly. I can't control the people I see, you know, but I can control what I put in my body every day and I can control, you know, whether or not I work out. So that's really been my focus is just to focus, you know, on those things that I can control and what I can be accountable for. Um, I think in terms of, you know, maybe personal struggles, like, 
I haven't been super motivated to get up really early in the morning anymore. Like I normally am a morning exerciser. I get to the gym and here I'm like, I'm working, usually working out outside or in my garage. It's cold in the mornings and I just don't feel like it. You know, I, so I've just kind of switched that habit. It hasn't been eliminated from my life. It's just shifted towards an afternoon time where I know that I can be accountable and stick with it. And I'm just giving myself some grace and allowing myself to, you know, sleep in a little bit later in the mornings or be a little bit more leisurely, enjoy my coffee, those types of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we all, we're all going to have things that we struggle with. And, you know, I think, you know, those seem to be kind of the big ones, sleep, nutrition, exercise, like people, you know, are kind of doing. Um, I've been very fortunate that I've been able to um, maintain my full-time job status um, via telemedicine. So, you know, that's been a struggle just trying to switch the way that I do my job and do all of it through a computer screen. Um, but I'm very thankful to be able to continue working and to provide those services um, during this time. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Um, I'm thankful for me as well. I work at a therapeutic boarding school um, out in Montana right now. And like they have a gym there, but it's not really like a gym. They have like a squat rack and not really a squat rack, like a bench. Like the worst home gym you could possibly think of that is broken. Sure. So uh, my excuse for working out, one isn't there. Like for not working out, like I, sh I should be working out, but I haven't. But the gym's just opened up on Friday. So I, I went to the gym today and yesterday, which, oh my gosh, I felt so much better. Yeah. So much better. I like, anyways. Um, so like being able to go and still help these kids, um, has been super, super helpful for me. And like, not only for like them, but like my recovery also, like I can't do anything else really, but I can still help people. That might be through my podcast, through work in person, whatever, as long as yep. So I, I'm really grateful for those things like that. Like now I know like quarantine has like messed up everyone's life, but if you're not, when you weren't in quarantine, like what did Kelly do in her free time? <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of my free time goes to working out, not going to lie. Um, but beyond that, um, I just love to be outside. You know, I live in Colorado. It's beautiful. So summertime hiking, mountain biking, you know, tubing, just really just anything that can be outside. Um, I'm a big reader, all types of genres. So that's something I do quite a bit. And then um, traveling is another big one for me. So that's unfortunately on the back burner. But, you know, I've been to several countries. Um, I love to go visit friends and travel to new places. So something that I'm hoping to get back to after this is all over. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I love it. What Do you, you ski at all? I grew up skiing, um, switched to snowboarding when I was about 12. Um, honestly, haven't gone up too much recently, but I could definitely have that background in it. It's just, it's gotten so busy and with how much I train, it's hard to prioritize like another, yeah. you know, sport. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I grew up going to ski school every Saturday. I absolutely loved it. And I think we'll probably get back more into it. Maybe when I have a family again, um, I think it's a great, just family activity, that type of thing. For sure. I like, I grew up in Montana, obviously. Well, not obviously, but I grew up in Montana and, um, just, I grew up skiing, I grew up snowboarding. And then like at one point I just like, 
I'm not gonna go up on the hill anymore. Like, eh, whatever. But I'll, like, I'll still go camping, hiking, backpacking. Like, um, I can put it at the river like five minutes from my house right now. So, like, yeah. I love those things like that. So, if you were gonna tell the younger version of yourself one thing, or just tell somebody something to leave an impact in their life, what would you tell them or yourself? I mean, I think that I would just tell myself or tell a younger person, like, just trust your gut and do you like, don't look to other people for validation for anything. Don't make decisions based off of what other people think or what people expect of you. Like ultimately, like, you know, it's kind of your responsibility to follow your passions and follow your own path. And if you stay true to those things in the long run, you're going to be so much happier than, you know, just trying to fit this mold of what other people expect of you, you know, or trying to change yourself to be that, you know, be a certain person for somebody else. So do you be authentic, follow your passions, you'll be happier in the long run. <laughs> That's awesome. That's absolutely, absolutely. So when you were growing up, like who did you, aspire to be or like who are your role models you know that's funny i mean i was really big into sports you know so i definitely had i was a gymnast and a swimmer so you know had my role models that i looked up to in those respective sports um you know but my parents were always super supportive and very big on you know emphasizing not only athletics but also academics so i you know just always strive to be just kind of a well-rounded person and um you know they were huge role models for me of just you know follow your dreams if there's you know something you want to commit to we'll find a way to do it and they've honestly impacted me more than anybody else in my life like i you know, I think back to all the things that I've done and places that I've gone and, you know, even still to this day, like Titan Games, you know, who is sitting in the stands cheering for me, like my parents, like they were just there for everything. And, um, you know, just embody the type of parents that I hope to be someday. And um, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I think back of all the things that I've done and opportunities that I've had and all of that wouldn't have been possible without them. That's awesome. That's Go Kelly's parents. <laughs> yeah. So if like, say I was a potential client and I'm like, Hey Kelly, my diet is terrible. I'm eating McDonald's six times a day. Um, I'm drinking a half gallon of Dr. Pepper. Like I need help with my nutrition. What can you do to help me? You know, so I always start, um, you know, my nutrition, you know, with new clients with a consultation and, you know, basically just try to really pinpoint what their goals are. So, you know, are you just trying to lose weight? Are you trying to change your body composition? Are you trying to perform better in a respective sport? So, you know, really finding out a person's why I think is, you know, the best place to start because if they don't have a strong foundation of why they want to change something and make, you know, build completely new habits, um, they're just, kind of bound to fail, you know, like you really, and sometimes you really need to help people figure out what that why is. So, you know, I think after identifying that, um, you know, I make a point to have everybody track their food, you know, for a week or so just to really get an idea and for them to physically see like what 
you know, what they're putting into their body actually looks like on paper. Because I also get a lot of people that I think, um, they personally think they eat pretty healthy. And then when you actually see, you know, things on paper, that picture can get a little bit fuzzier, you know? So, you know, yes, you may be eating some healthy things, but not necessarily in the right proportions or not in the right quantities or caloric intake for your body. So, you know, I think, um, you know, I'm pretty honest with my clients. I like to be pretty direct in terms of, you know, strengths and weaknesses in terms of their diets, you know, giving them good strategies, you know, meal item or meal options, um, you know, shopping lists, however I can support them. Um, but really making them aware of their eating habits and what, you know, step-by-step changes they can implement that will provide the most significant impact on changing their diet. That makes sense. No, it definitely does. Mm, I, I like it. I'm just really just taking in what you said. That sure. You're not just like a cookie cutter. Here you go. Good luck. Yeah. PayPal nope. me the money, whatever. Um, that's... Yeah, and I honestly believe that, you know, I get a lot of questions like, well, what about keto? And what about this? What about that? And, you know, my question is always like, well, what are your goals? Like if you, and what also, what are your preferences? Like if you're someone who only wants to lose weight, that's what you care about. And you don't really like carbs. You're pretty happy eating fatty foods. Like sure. Keto's a great, you know, great thing for you. If you're someone who wants to be able to kind of live a more balanced life, you know, be able to partake in family eating events or travel, I would encourage you to hopefully, you know, maybe have a more you know, balanced type of um, intake, because I think it'll be more sustainable. But ultimately, it depends on what are your goals. And, you know, what are your lifestyle preferences? And there are tons of diets that can work based on that. But it's really finding the one that's going to work for every individual person. Yeah, absolutely. So if you were going to, if, if um, sorry, I stuttered, obviously. Okay. Um, if we were having a consultation and you wanted to get down my why, like what would that process look like to really find out my why? Um, you know, I usually like I'll have people kind of write answers to questions before I actually meet with them. So that usually gives me at least a starting framework. And, you know, then I think it's just diving deeper into, you know, like, okay, well you say you want to lose weight, but you know, when you're talking to me, it sounds like, you know, you want to change, you know, the amount of muscle that you have or the body fat. So that looks to me more like body composition changes, you know, like, well, what are your thoughts on that? You know, like really trying to like take the information that they give you and then, you know, just kind of break that apart a little bit more just to kind of clarify, you know, what because I think, you know, there's kind of those buzzwords and things that people say, or, you know, I, I think women in particular tend to get stuck on, you know, a weight number, like, oh, I want to weigh 135 pounds. And it's like, well, do you really want that? Or would you be happy if you weighed 140 pounds, but you had, you know, you were 16% body fat instead of 25? You know, and I think when people, when it really comes down to it, more often than not, people are looking for body composition changes when they say they're looking for weight changes. Absolutely. Absolutely. They think the number on the scale is the most important part, but and it's not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That I very weigh myself because I just don't find it that relevant to me and when I'm, you know, what my goals are. So I focus on how I feel, how my workouts are going, you know, do I feel recovered? 
you know, all of those things because that's my focus. I'm a competitor first. Um, so I'm also not looking to make huge changes in my body composition right now or my weight. I'm pretty much just trying to maintain to be able to support the training that I'm doing. Mm, that makes sense. So, you know, we don't know the results of the Titan games, but from training to be on the Titan games, what can you take that level of training and apply it to somebody's life? Um, I guess some, <laughs> could you clarify what you mean by that? So uh, the mental toughness in that, I'm sure you had to have like the mental toughness in yeah. being in a situation like that. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say, honestly, my background in sports just in general has really made me a mentally strong person. You know, I was a gymnast for a long time, like I said, a college swimmer and, you know, CrossFit, you get a lot of mental toughness because, you know, you really have to be good at a lot of different things and kind of the quintessential piece of CrossFit is being prepared, you know, for the unexpected. So a lot of times you'll go into an event and have no idea what the event is you know, until right before, and you've just got to kind of go with the flow. And that translated pretty well into the Titan games where, you know, we didn't know events until maybe an hour before and very little information about them, you know, as is. So even if they showed you, you know, you didn't know how heavy things were or, you know, what the weight of anything was, or you didn't get to touch anything in, in advance. So you really just have to kind of go with your gut and, you know, just kind of react in the situation and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but, you know, ultimately like just approaching every situation, getting it the best that you can and, um, kind of taking it for what it is. I guess. No, I like that. that. That makes a lot of sense. And hopefully that will resonate with somebody like I got something out of it. So hopefully somebody else will. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You know, you said that you were a big reader. So, and you have different types of literature that you like to read. Like, I cannot talk today. I'm sorry. Jeez. Okay. Are you reading a book right now? Or what was the last book that you finished? Um, actually, I have it sitting here. I just finished it today. I'll show you. So it's called, um, You Can Have It All, Just Not at the Same Damn Time. <laughs> Excuse my language, but that's in the book. Um but yeah, so something I feel like over the last year, you know, I, I've never really been super huge on kind of per nonfiction, personal development type books, but I've started to implement them more into my life because I do think they, you know, serve a lot of value. And so it just kind of can help you refocus or realize things about yourself. So um, this book I really like, I actually got to see this author um, speak in person before I read her book. So, you know, just kind of seeing her demeanor and her success and everything, it made me want to read it. Um, and a lot of it's just kind of focusing on, you know, honestly, a lot of the things that I've already mentioned today, like self-love and, you know, pursuing your passions, you know, letting go of fear and being confident in, you know, what you're doing and making sure that what you're doing, you know, is serving what's good for you and not what other people expect of you. So she's really big on, you know, cutting extraneous things out of your life, you know, getting rid of what she calls like your should do list, you know, like, well, I should do that because blah, 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 like, cut all of it out. Like ultimately those are just things that are going to bog down your life and not really provide joy and value to you. Um, 
so I really enjoyed reading that. Um, another book that I read pretty recently that I really enjoyed was called Crucial Conversations. Not sure if you've heard of it. Mm. Um, but basically, it's a whole construct on how to approach um, communication situations in all aspects of your life. So friends, professionally, relationships. And, um, you know, they talk about trying to you know, be more aware of how you're emotionally responding in a conversation. And, you know, let's say you're, you know, it's a high, they call it like a high emotional, you know, state where, you know, you're, something happens and you're just kind of distressed and without even realizing it, you can say things that, you know, are not only counterproductive, but, you know, are hurtful or can just lead to this like escalating situation. So instead, if you can be more aware of those those things when they happen, take a step back and say, okay, I'm getting emotional, maybe separating yourself from the conversation temporarily, but ultimately coming back to it with an approach of, you know, what am I really trying to accomplish in this situation? Um, you can have much more successful conversations and just relationships in general. So it's a good one to read it. <laughs> what was the name of that again? Um, crucial conversations. Crucial conversations. Okay, I'll yep. definitely check it out. So you said that you know the first book that you're talking about, the should do list, and coming while well, reading this book, what was your shoot it? What? Uh, I'm sorry, I just cannot talk today. What was your <laughs> should should do list? Wow. Okay. Like do yeah okay yeah, yeah should um. You know, I think for a long time, I was someone where I felt like I should commit to any personal engagement that somebody invited me to. Like, oh, they went out of their way to invite me out for drinks or to go to this restaurant or whatever it is. And, you know, sometimes that was at the expense of maybe not getting enough sleep or not being able to eat the food that I wanted or not be able to do a training session that I wanted to commit to. And so sometimes it just ends up leaving you feeling, you know, a little bit more empty when, you know, the intent was good, but it wasn't something that was really serving your priorities. So, um, you know, I've tried to be a lot more aware of, you know, and just selective in general of the people that I give my time to, because time to me is probably the single most valuable thing that I have. Like we all have the same 24 hours in a day and we ultimately, we get to choose how we spend them. So, you know, the people in my life, in my very close circle that, you know, I give my time to, it's because, you know, I feel like they value it and I get value from their friendship and it's a positive interaction. Um, but just trying to kind of cut out some of those extraneous things. And then, you know, we all have just other obligations, maybe work functions or things like, Oh, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? And at some point you've just got to realize what's important and what's not. And, um, yeah, just kind of make decisions based on that. Love it. What was the hardest thing to cut out? Um, I think because I'm naturally kind of a people pleaser, I think just saying no to people just mm. when it's maybe people that like I enjoy spending time with, but it's just, it's too much on my plate. It's just not, you know, something that I can commit to. I think that's probably been the hardest for me is to hope that, you know, people don't take offense to that and just realize that I'm just trying to protect my own sanity and well-being at times. Um, and it's ironic because now all of that's kind of um, irrelevant in quarantine, you know, without really, you know, I haven't, haven't seen much of anybody. Um, 
but yeah, like I'm naturally a social person. And so I like to do those things, but sometimes it's just too much. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So when you were like setting that boundary, does it get easier each time you say no, Hey, not tonight. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and you know, something she really preaches is, you know, I think there are a lot of people that when they're starting to maybe do those things or say no, um, the way you approach it's really important. So, you know, instead of kind of like, you know, some people will maybe take the ignoring approach, like just not responding to somebody's invitation or trying to beat around the bush and come up with some, you know, good explanation of why they can't go. But um, honestly, the, the response that will be received the best is just the authentic one. Like, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to invite me, you know, but unfortunately, I have a lot on my plate right now. And, you know, that's just not something that I can commit to right now, but hope to be able to do something with you in the future. Like something that's way more just truthful, I think, in this day and age is that authenticity is just missed by a lot of people. So if you can just be authentic and how you do it, the more and more you do it, it'll get easier and easier. Love it. Love it. So what is something that someone can't Google about you? Oh man, that's a toughie. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good one. I mean, I joke on my social media. I guess you, if you followed me, you'd probably figure it out. But I'm like obsessed with anything neon, so that's like a funny, uh, fun fact about me. Um, what else? <laughs> I don't know. I'm on the spot. Um, um, super, something super random that popped in my head. I didn't smile with my teeth until I was 18 because I was super self-conscious about my smile. And I legitimately had to practice for like a solid year to be able to do it. And now like I get lots of compliments on my smile. <laughs> I was going to say like your smile is amazing. Like what? But I, yeah, I'm literally like, even like my senior pictures in high school, I didn't smile with my teeth. Like it was like a thing for a big part of my life. So wow. kind of going back to confidence and those things, but uh, yeah. So for anyone who is listening right now, who thinks they have a terrible smile, <laughs> you probably don't. You probably I'm, I'm staring at Kelly right now and it's a great smile. So. Thank <laughs> yeah. Um. So Kelly. If you yep. weren't in quarantine and this whole COVID-19 thing didn't even happen or it's over, whatever, and you could wake up and you could have the perfect day, what would you do? Oh, man. Um, well, I um, have been looking forward to a couple big CrossFit competitions. Um that has been unfortunately canceled, but, you know, I would love to wake up, um, and, you know, get ready for a day of competition. Um, I always say that like, you know, being on the competition floor is the best feeling to me in the world. Like it's what drives me to put in the training and the work that I do every single day, because I just feel most genuinely myself when I'm competing. Like I just lay it all out there, whatever happens, I know I did my best. So you know, having that opportunity to wake up and compete um, in a beautiful venue on the coast of New Jersey sounds pretty awesome to me, um, followed by some lots of yummy food. And yeah, I think that would be a good day for me. Right on. That's awesome. And is the only thing stopping you from doing that is quarantine? 
quarantine. Yeah. Mm, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Um, how, where is Colorado at right now with the whole phases? Yeah. Actually, out of the stay-at-home order, um, it looks like we're you know, we're in that first phase of reopening things. So, um, like for example, my CrossFit gym is starting, um, an introductory phase, but you can only have, I think eight people in the gym at a time. And so we're operating off of like a 30 minutes in eight people at a time, stay in your zone, wipe down all of your equipment and immediately leave, leave the gym. Um, restaurants and stuff are still kind of slower to open. I think they are, you know, allowing, you know, smaller capacity openings at this point, but with very strict precautions, um, in public, um, and in, you know, grocery stores, um, are kind of, I think recommended at this point. Um, but yeah, we're starting to get little bits here and there. I'm not really sure what to think about all of it, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Uh, like I work 30 miles outside of Missoula so like and I'm up there for five days a week and when I come into town I'm like oh yeah quarantine's going on oops there's a uh, mass and mass yeah. yeah like I totally forget like this whole pandemic is going on because I'm in the middle of nowhere so sure. it's uh it's pretty interesting but whatever we're coming out of it and like you're alive I'm alive so we can yeah and it's you know, I read something yesterday that was basically like, you know, I think the best way that we can kind of treat moving forward, because there's definitely kind of your two clear camps, like people that think it's a huge deal, we need to be quarantined still, whatever, whatever, you know, and then you've got people that, you know, are depending on getting back out there for their livelihood. And, you know, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle, you know, I'm, you know, cognizant of the fact that I have older parents and they're high risk. So I unnecessarily expose them to something where I may be okay and they wouldn't be. Um, I also am very privileged at this point to still be working full time. So I don't necessarily have that pressure to be out there right away. So I don't judge people who, you know, are anxious to get back out there and start working again. Like if I, I can't say that if I right now couldn't, you know, pay for my place of living or pay for my family or food, like that I wouldn't be, you know, really pressuring and pushing to get out there and start working again. Like that's incredibly stressful. So, you know, I'm kind of just, you know, I'll probably honestly keep myself in the back burner as these openings start. I don't think I'll be running right out there the first couple of weeks just to see what happens. Um, you know, but I think the only, the only scenario that really irks me is just people that are not respectful of the fact that this is a big deal. And so, you know, if you're, you know, going to be on public, like that's your choice, but like, just be respectful, try to avoid being around people. You know, I've had a couple instances where I've been in grocery stores or places where I just felt like people were so unaware, you know, no mask, like just coming in very close contact with me unnecessarily. And stuff like that just bothers me where I'm just like, okay, like that wasn't necessary. You know, like you can, we can all do our part to at least be aware and try to mitigate, you know, the damage that we're doing while still moving forward. If that's something that you need to for your own personal self. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, yeah, I don't really leave home and I just pretty much stay at my house. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I get what you mean. It, 
if we all do our part, then hopefully we can all get back to normal lives. Yep. So, so Kelly, what's your message to the world? What's my message to the world? You know, I think I got to go back to, you know, embody consistent habits, you know, and a well-rounded healthy lifestyle, you know, pursue your passions, you know, do things because you enjoy them and not because you're seeking validation from anyone. Ultimately, we have one life to live. And, you know, I hope that every individual person, you know, takes the time to explore those things that truly make them happy and make them feel fulfilled and do things for themselves and not for anybody else. Love it. Love it. So, Kelly, if people want to find you on the Internet, where would they go? Um, Instagram is my primary, uh, platform at this point. Um, my handles Kellstone 35. Um, I do have a Facebook. That's just my name, Kelly Stone and a TikTok, which I haven't quite figured out how I feel about that platform. <laughs> I feel you. I understand. <laughs> I, I just don't know. I'm trying to experiment and keep an open mind, but not sure it's my scene. Um, but yeah, Instagram's kind of the big one. If you really want to connect and kind of see my most meaningful content. Right on, right on. Well, people, her Instagram story is amazing. She posts some amazing workouts, and she's always wearing neon. So go check that out. Go follow her. Go say hi. Um, Kelly, thank you for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Stay yeah. safe in quarantine. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. It always seems impossible until it's done. Nelson Mandela. Guys, that statement and the conversation that you listened to just, I feel, just go so well together. I hope you guys learned something from that. Please let me know on Instagram at Robert Delude or wherever else you follow me. You know, I'd love to hear your guys' feedback. Please go to Apple Podcast and rate and review it. Please share this with a friend. And until next time, guys, I love you.